podcast design with you and mine. Here I have a very, very, very special guest, Keystone Green. No, just playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my homeboy, my twin old, twin old, twin old, twin old. I'm sure y'all got, you guys probably seen him on my um IG stories, Snapchat story, what have you. Oh, I always post, bro. He actually came. First, I always like to give my listeners a little bio of how we met. So, would you kindly, sir, tell them how we established the friendship? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, first things first, let me introduce myself. My name is Keaston, but I go by Key. Um, Yeah, so, basically, how me and, me and my boy Jay met, it was on this app. And the app was cool, whatever you go and you you meet friends and whatnot. So I had it for literally one day. The app was kind of too much for me. It was overwhelming. So uh, I met Jay. You know, we chopped it up, whatever. Got the Snapchat, Instagram, all that good stuff. We chopped it up, instantly became best friends. So um, from there, um, I'm in San Antonio. He's in Houston. So from there, I want to say like, what, two or three months later, I ended up going to Houston. We hung out. It was a great time. We got fucking wasted. It was a great time. I'm looking forward to seeing him again. But yeah, that's that's really the rundown of how we met. Oh my god, I'm gonna be so. I'm gonna listen to this podcast over because guys, <laughs> like this is um like I out of all of my like don't get mad friends, but out of all of my friends, he's like the person that I mess with the most i don't know i feel like we definitely be on the same kind of weirdness or vibe like we both just random yes especially in public bro (laughs) yes like we both i remember i'll never forget like we was walking downtown guys houston and like we seen these skater dudes skating and we was just like let's hype them up we mind you guys we did not know these people from adam hell no and we were just like, yo, go, 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 go. Like, we was recording him. Hell yeah. Do puppy little little kick flip or whatever. He messed okay. up, but, you know, we still have to move. We encouraged him. Yeah, like, we knew this man for years. And he was like, bro. And I was like, I love doing random, spontaneous things like that. So, we definitely then we went to this, I don't know, this random um building. And I had to pee. He had to pee. And then this guy was in there. <laughs> this guy's in the stall. What was he doing? Talking? I have no idea. Like, dude. Bro, I was, but the, the lighting in that restroom, I was like, bro, we have to take pictures in here. Come on, pull up. Yes, I still have the photos, guys. It was just, it was an amazing, amazing thing. Yeah, um, and, and and then we took, what, we took photos downtown. And- yeah, you remember we, uh, we, we went walking or whatever, and then we saw this little, uh, this little bar, and we walked in there, and then we got yeah. shot or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was the best, but and then guys, let me let me put this in there to show you how how this man goes all out. Like for my birthday, I typically you know especially from friends, I don't really get a lot. So this man had bought me um some shoes, some um a shirt, um some shorts that I still wear today to work out in. He bought me a a, a bracelet, um some bands like he really 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 went all out yes, sir. for my birthday and like nobody ever did he definitely get the best bro award for that one because i mean just the thought alone to you know and he, he drove from san antonio all the way to houston mm-hmm. so yeah he definitely, definitely gonna do definitely, it again too yes i can't wait to see him guys i probably gonna cry and be like bro bro is back <laughs> bro, I'm not- I'm gonna t- 
I'm not uh-huh. trying to go off subject or whatever, but low key, high key, actually, February is gonna be my move. End up going out there in February. Okay, February, February. Okay, so let me put that on the calendar. Mind you guys, I just started school today. It's my first day of school back. I'm a senior. Oh, it's yes, yes. Congratulations, so, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to school. Well, you know, and that's what brings me to this topic here, because I feel like since. I had a dream day was yesterday. <laughs> I had a dream day. like how you said that. I had a dream. Mr. I had a dream. Have you seen that statue that they built? They've been making fun of on Twitter, Instagram, of Coretta and MLK hugging. I was like, what? Oh, really? what? It's, it looks so, bu- it look so bizarre, though. Like, they need to fire the artist because... Definitely. Like, how about this? Uh, fire those artists? Hire the artist that makes the flyers for the uh the MLK day. Yeah. I know you saw the flyers. Yes, those flyers. Yes, I was. I had a dream. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it, it's it's crazy. We have creative people in the world. It's just that you know people don't use their creativity to the best of their ability, or they use it in non-productive ways. But precisely. Let's get into the topic. So, we discussed yesterday that we want to. First of all, I seen him post on his notes on IG that we should have a Malcolm X Day, and I could not agree more. Definitely. Like I, I believe that um, Malcolm X was a more realistic activist. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that um, civil obedience was not working clearly if. Our people were getting like hosed and getting um, dogs thrown on them. So, in, let's start. Let's open the floor like this. Um, what does peaceful protest mean to you? Whew. We're getting straight to it. Deep question. So, peaceful protest, literally locking arms, um, you know, chanting and 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 screaming the change that you want. That's when I when I think of peaceful protest. That's what I think. You think of okay. Everybody's so, in sync. Everybody's united. People of different races, ethnic ethnic groups. You know, everybody's just coming together as one to fight this change, fight this system. Okay. Okay. So peaceful protest means we're all holding hands. We're all working. I mean, walking in sync. Mm-hmm. And fighting for a common goal. Precisely. So. Let's because I, I talked about this on previous podcasts. Let's go back to first. We're gonna go, we're gonna go back in history and then we're gonna move up in history to modern day. So, during um peaceful protests, you know, of course, when Martin Luther King was marching and things like that, work. Do you believe that peaceful protest was an effective way in any sort, or do you feel like he was kind of trying to? everyone in a sense or do you feel like he was just strictly trying to be a Christian like what do you what's your opinion on Malcolm Martin Luther King's aspect of peace do you feel like it's effective um I mean I would say it is effective because he wanted you know both parties to merge together as one be able to drink from the same water fountain do things together as a coercive unit but at the same time I feel like it didn't work because there's still racism today. 
Now, if it went an alternative route and say we didn't peacefully protest and gave them the same bullshit that they gave us, I'm talking, um, you look at one of our women hung on our side of town hung, you know what I mean? Just, just things of that nature. I feel like um, racism, I, I mean, the, the, to be quite frank, the Caucasians will fear the black male or the black peoples. You know what I mean? I believe, and I know this is a controversial topic, because of course during Malcolm, I mean, Martin Luther King days, there was there was racism. Racism never went anywhere since slavery, but right. during that time, it was kind of kind of I wouldn't say dying out, but it was less it was less um it was less violent, you know, because mm-hmm. they used to just hang people for just walking down the street, or right. if you was a slave, you know what I'm saying, it was over, um, and. My question to you, my next question to you is, do you feel like freedom is physical freedom? Or do you feel like it's mental freedom? What is your interpretation of freedom? Do you feel like even though we're not physically as enchained as we were, that we're still mentally chained? Uh, Yeah, it's definitely a a mental chain that we have. Um, I really can't speak too much on freedom because... I, yeah, granted, we are physically free to do X, Y, Z. We are, you know, we're able to do that to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But in all reality, we are still slaves. We're slaves to something. And unfortunately, I don't know. The, that's just the reality of it. I agree. I think that we're still enslaved mentally. It might not even be physical. Um, I do agree that um I I agree with his with his aspects as far as um in order to end racism we all have to stop being racist because I do feel that every race has been racist to one another. Even my fellow um black people have I've I've witnessed black people being racist to other races. I've witnessed mm-hmm. of course white people being racist to our race. Right. So I believe in order to, in order to stop any ism, sexism, racism, colorism, whatever, it has to be a collective effort. You know what I'm saying? Right. Definitely. So, Definitely. Um, and do you feel like? Do you ever feel like? Well, do you have any Anglo Anglo friends or Caucasian friends? I actually do. Definitely do. So how is that dynamic? Considering our history with Anglo or Caucasian people. How is that modern day dynamic with you and them? Is it kind of like, okay, are you gonna call me a nigger? Or you, like, <laughs> do you have those? Do you have those? Um, those intrusive thoughts? Like, one day I might get uh, called. Okay. Uh. So sometimes, sometimes in a way, because um, yeah, I have some some white friends, and we we do you know things. We hang out. We're we're close, and um, I make sure to tell them like, hey. Um, I'm not necessarily giving them the N-word pass, but it's like, okay, this rap song, Lil Baby, he's rapping, going crazy, going crazy, and he's going crazy so fast, so hard, you know what I mean, that, you know, the N-word is in there, and, you know, when he's with me, it's okay for him to say it, you know what I mean, he, he can say nigga, but it's the E-R that, that, you know, is really offensive, because when you say E-R, hard R, that is referring to our ancestors and um you know what they've been through and the 
and the the slaves and the bondage that they've been through. But mm. um, yeah, our ancestors N E R. That's the one where um, basically they had ropes on their neck. Yes. But, so they you know are, I mean. you're, you're basically giving your white your Caucasian friends like not a pass, but just telling them what's appropriate and what's not appropriate in your presence. Right. And it's, it, I tell them like it doesn't go for everybody. Like everybody's different. Some people will take offense to it because they've, you know, they they've encountered harsh um, racial derogatory names being called that, and you know, just been being through that in the past. So some people will take it harder than others. But as for me, I understand that it is the norm for you know rap music and music in general to have a couple of niggas and niggas here and there. Yes. And you know, yes, I, I I totally agree. Um, I I do believe that it has to be some kind of boundary as far as see. I feel like I'm not opposed to having um white friends or Caucasian friends. However, I also know for a fact that we're not going to be able to relate on. They can't relate on me being black. Right. They can only give an opinion. Only another black male can understand how another black male experiences life. Exactly. And it's not negating. I don't want you guys to think that I'm trying to negate your friendships with a white person or a Hispanic person. Insane for them. They, I mean, I, I don't know how it is to be white in America. I mean, I'm, I can assume that they have a little bit of privilege just from history. I mean, in history, you've had more privilege than the average minority. And I'm sure that's what it is, but I, I can't relate to that because I'm not a black, I'm not living in a white body. And I know I've experienced racism out of nowhere. It was literally out of the, the blue sky from white people from nearly every race. Um, I don't think it's right, but I, I also know that there are, there are limitations to what we're going to be able to relate on. You know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> No. Exactly. Yeah, see that makes that makes sense. I thought it was only one. Like that's that's just logical thinking. Like mm-hmm. you know. Okay. So my next question is, um how do you feel when first of all, have you ever been profiled as being black? Have you ever experienced racism or you know? Oh, okay. So for the most part, um I can't Okay, so for, for me, personally, um, that sort of trauma, um, it doesn't really stick with me because I'm always smiling through whatever happens, you know, and I'm, it's, it's happened plenty of times before, but um, I learned to just smile through it, laugh it off, um, they didn't mean it that way, you know, just try to imprint that they have a good heart at the end of the day. So um, there was a time where I was younger, I was on the bus, um, it was a field trip. And uh, the basically the teacher, um, me and my boy, me and my, we're both. What up, Evan? We're uh, we're outside. I'm, I'm sorry. We're on the bus, right? So, on the bus, me and my Caucasian friend, we were both pointing out cars that we like. Like, hey, I like this car. Hey, I like this car. Well, there was a substitute teacher in the back. She walks up to the aisle where we're at, sees us pointing at the cars, and then she's like, hey, you need to come with me. 
Like, we can't have this. Like, you need to come with me. Sit in the back of the bus. So I sat in the back of the bus with her. Um, I ended up sitting with her, like, through the, the whole field trip. I couldn't sit next to my girlfriend. Nothing like that. And then um, I had to sit out through, through the recess. I had to eat lunch with her, this, that, and the third. And then um, come to find out, the very next day, the principal called me down to the office or whatever. And then he, he was like, so what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you sticking the middle finger at cars? And I was like, what do you mean? I wasn't sticking the middle fingers. So um, I had to be like, hey, my my friend John, like he was sitting right next to me. Like we were pointing out cars that we want. And then um, long story short, called John down to the office. And then um, John was like, no, we're just pointing out cars. And then I told the principal, I was like, hey, look, honestly, I feel like she said that because of the color of my skin. And um, he was like, well, I, I understand where you're coming from. But it's definitely probably not that aspect. She probably saw something different. And I was like, no, she literally was standing right over us as we were pointing at these cars. No middle fingers, no nothing. We're pointing fingers at the cars that we want. Pointer fingers. And then um he was like, Yeah, well, okay, I'll I'll see what I can do about it. Nothing nothing was done about it, but you know, just a waste of a day for me and um smiled through it, obviously, and on to the next experience. That's another thing I noticed. Right, it's kind of off topic, guys, but like he's very jovial, and he. This is a real podcast. Like we always tell the real, you know. But he's always like smiling and jovial. But like I can tell, like from like how he is, you know, like like just speaking out loud. Like typically, when a person is like always smiling and things, like you have to really check on them because like they typically smile through things that hurt them. That's why I always like don't not always check on you. Like how is your mental health and mm-hmm. how is your because, like, I really be like, bro, he's so nice. And it's like, I know for a fact he's been through experiences that, like that. Like, that's very hurtful to even hear, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just unfortunate that, you know, we, I think as Black people, we're kind of taught to laugh to keep from crying. Right. Rather than, but how, I mean, even with that statement alone, like laugh to keep from crying that means to suppress something to act like it doesn't exist precisely exactly exactly so like that to me is just saying be quiet like you know just just don't you know don't don't talk about the how you feel just suppress (laughs) it just act like you're okay so that that was bringing to my next question do you feel like during that time our people had to kind of put on a brave face even when they might have been scared to go out there and march or do you feel like we're taught um ancestrally or is passed down to be the strong mm-hmm. people even we might feel weak gotcha yeah so what i feel is deep down inside of our bloodline um from our ancestors or whomever it may be all of us we're all strong at heart so that that within us so, for example, the George Floyd, mm. that happened, and we all stood up. You know what I mean? Because we we felt that anger inside of us. We have that 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 ancestral bloodline in us that makes us want to like like hey like this needs to fucking stop. So, honestly, it's just it's it's within us, regardless. It doesn't matter if you're the the quiet guy or the the nerdy guy or the the you know the smart guy. Either way, like it's inside of you, and it's itching to come out. I I couldn't agree more. I feel like 
you know, I've definitely been through um, experiences to where even my family always teaches, you know, it's different from being a woman, a black woman and a black male. I think black women have a more of a past to be vulnerable and to express themselves without being labeled as, um, uh, you know, if a black male cries or you're weak or, you know, you're sensitive or whatever. Um, and I think that even goes back to Martin Luther King days. You got to think about it as a black leader. He can really show vulnerability. Mm-hmm. He can really show that side of he might not even want to march today because he don't want to get thrown coffee thrown at him or whatever cases. Like, at one, what point do we do we get a free space to express ourselves as black people? Mm-hmm. And we we really don't get that opportunity. So what we turn to is um, music. Um, alcohol, drugs, things of that nature that, that put us in that happy place. So we don't have to deal with the, the bullshit that we got going on. Because, like you said, um, and it's, it's facts statistically, um, Caucasian male, they're born with the leg up. Over yeah. us, basically. So um, we have that to face. Then we have um, social injustice. We have a whole bunch of um, things going on in our, our own lives for example um the government and the whole uh conspiracy about basically kicking the the father out of the house so that the mother can be on welfare etc cetera, etc cetera, so that they can raise raise kids um by themselves so that they can have more um because statistically single mother households have you know more um people more kids in jail uh you know the the delinquent child but if the father is present, especially a black father, the world is is ours. You know what I mean? It is, and unfortunately, we. I mean, I didn't have my father. Did you have your father in the house? Nope. So, I know we're off topic, but I love going kind of off. How did that affect you as a male? Did Did you feel like because this is a controversial topic? Do you feel like? Not having a male kind of gives us a um a, not a feminine side, but kind of makes us less alpha. Not having a male around and being raised around females, do you feel like that affects manhood, or do you mm-hmm. feel like it? Oh yeah, it di- definitely, it, it definitely does, and that's why it's like fifty fifty. So you have one side, the fifty percent. The okay, let's just say the left and right side. You have the left side of the fifty percent that side is going to look for that father figure, whether it be outside on the street, you know, they have that OG that they look up to, or whether it be um, the intuition that they have inside and they go and search for that fatherly figure within themselves. Mm. So they want to step up and be the the father figure and they want to X, Y, Z. So it, it really depends. So you can go on, you know, in public and you'll see and you'll be able to judge not really but to a certain extent you'll be like okay so um this this uh left side this 50 percent, i see a left uh, left side guy and you know i can tell that he chose you know the ogs in the street to be his father figure or you know the other side they they chose you know the intuition they taught themselves and they you know yeah, it, it's, it's, it's 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 deep. That's that's it's, deep. 
it's a deep, it's a rabbit hole because that's how Crips and Blood started too, as mm-hmm. well. As far as you gotta think about it, guys. Like, if you don't have a father figure, figure in the home, um, a woman can't teach a man how to be a man. It's just not physically possible. Like, she don't experience the same things. Mm-hmm. So, when the, a boy feels inadequate or he feels like he's not getting what he need, um, he kind of turns to other male figures. Now, these other male figures might not be the best male figures, but it's just human nature. You're going to want companionship with the same sex as you because mm-hmm. we're we're the same. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I am my brother's keeper. I'm a firm believer of that. Um, so that, that statement alone says that we go through the same experiences. Mm-hmm. So that is true. How can we... How can we we judge that person for, you know, their father? You know, how can Mm -hmm. we judge them for for turning to someone for leadership? Exactly. Um, That's that's really what it all boils down to. So um, say, you know, you're the older brother and you have a younger brother. Your your younger brother is going to look up to you. So whatever you do, your younger brother is going to follow in your footsteps. So if I personally, if I had an older brother like, let's say Andrew Tate, mm-hmm. you know, things would have been a lot, a lot different, but instead my brother was one of the ones that followed the OGs. So, um, you know, I, I started to follow his footsteps and I was like, okay, this lifestyle is it for me. I'm tired of, you know, running into bullshit, running into the laws and running into, you know, getting misplaced into different schools. Like this lifestyle isn't for me. I need to switch something up. Let me go my own route. Mm, mm. My brother said he wanted to try something different. He wanted to go against the grain for what's best for him. And it worked out. So now, um, the way my family looks at it, (laughs) I'm the older brother when I'm the second oldest. Oldest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My pastor told me you should have people around you that inspire you guys. And he definitely inspires me as far as his work ethic. I think it's so dope that he, he really... He inspires me to push myself. Not only, mm-hmm. you know, does he get up early in, in Uber or whatever, but he definitely works for his living. I know some some guys, they kind of cheat cheat their living. They might sell, you know, drugs here and there. Mm-hmm. But, but this man does it the right way, and he gets everything that he needs. Definitely. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I get the opportunity, and it comes or whatever, and they're like, hey, you want to you wanna move this or you want to move that? I'm like, nah, like, it's okay. Like, I can do this legit. I got this. And I convinced myself that I'm not going to work another nine to five. So I'm just, I'm really out here just doing what I have to do until, you know, I probably get a little business going or something of that nature. But that's in due time. See, and I believe in it, buddy. Because you, you're just an amazing person, amazing human. Like, you got this. Appreciate that. Um... <laughs> of course, I'm going to bring you with me, though. You already know. Yes, I mean you can't forget the other the other half now. Now let's get back on top. That was a good that was a good little off off little little swerve. We gotta get back on course now. Let's <laughs> go back to MLK. So during that time, of course, we had the the um the KKKs are starting to the Ku Klux Klan was starting to arise and um you know terrorize the black people or what what have you. Martin Luther King's famous I Have a Dream speech was um, basically speaking on racism and injustice mm-hmm. within the black race. So, in your interpretation, 
what impact does that speech have on us? What, in, your, in your perspective, what was he trying to convey to us? And how did you take it in your own words? Okay, so growing up, um, I'm talking about as soon as I hopped in kindergarten, we started learning about MLK and this, that, and the third, and how he did for us and his speech. So it's been pushed on me at an early age. So um, I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable about um, MLK and his, his ventures and his dream and his speech. Well, that's good. I mean, I, I really commend him for um, his speech and he, he wrote it very well and he's very articulate in everything that he said. Mm-hmm. But that's his dream. That's the dream mm. that he had. That's the vision that he had for us. Mm. Now, we all have different, you know, dreams and visions for ourselves and whatnot. But <clears throat> if you can imagine if we just got his dream and said, okay, that's cool. Let's put it on the table. Got someone else's dream, put it on the table, and got another person's dream and put it on the table. And then we all decide as a whole which route we're going to take. I feel like that would have been very, you know, and uh, impactful. But MLK, he had um, he had such a strong following, and um, everybody believed in him. So um, you know, his his way it it worked, and it it got us to where we are today. I, I believe in this. I I think the speech was dope. I think that he was he had a lot of great points. Like, don't judge a, a person by their color, but by their character. Yeah. Um, things of that nature, I, those things are definitely effective. However, I don't believe that if someone throws hot coffee on you, you mm-hmm. should just walk away. Right. Uh, if somebody punches you in the street for being black, you should just walk away. Like, at some point, which brings me to my favorite activist, Malcolm X, at some point, you have to put your foot down and say, hey, this is not happening today, tomorrow, next year, whatever, because I am human just like you are, and I deserve humanly respect. I deserve civil respect. Uh, you know, I have civil rights. Um, that's what the movement was about. And yet, you can treat me. Wholeheartedly believe that we should have went by Malcolm X's. Um, <laughs> what's your interpretation of Malcolm X? What do you think of Malcolm X? I love Malcolm X. What? Yeah, why do you? Definitely. Why do you think his? Um, why do you think his principles were more um, realistic? Well, so this. Modern day, modern day, right? Um, they ask us, "Why are you still heard about X, Y, Z? Like, let it go, let it go." This shit literally just happened to our grandparents. Our grandparents walking down the street getting punched on, and what did they do? Like, what could they do? What did they follow? Uh, MLK. They were like, "Okay, well, let's just, you know, let's ride it out. Let's um, you know, take the whoopings, take take the beatings, take the water hose, take you know the coffee. Let's just take it." This literally happened to our grandparents they're alive today to tell us you know what happened now yeah we're still hurt like badly like the reason why 
more than likely is because we didn't get the opportunity to fight back. And us nowadays, we would definitely fight back. We're fighting back for, you know, every every racial injustice that happens. So it's like, um, it, it really hurts us. And with Malcolm X, he had like a, a stand your ground principle. Like he's like, um, someone pours coffee on you, you pour coffee on them kind of thing. Like you're, we're all human at the end of the day. And he was more in tune to um, spirituality and and finding the roots of the black person. So um, I, I really don't want to say too much, but I feel like um, MLK was a plant. They snatched up a, a black man, made him a, a mason, Freemason, and then was like, hey, we need you to say this, that, and the third, move the black people into this um to this state so that we can move on to the next the next plan the next agenda and that's precisely what happened granted he was assassinated um malcolm x was also assassinated but more so because he was gaining power in his ways of attacking the adversity and not gonna lie um, if I was, you know, living back in the day and uh, and I had to choose, like, pick a side or whatnot, it would definitely be Malcolm X's because it's like, how do I put this into? Right, for like a better, better, better words, he's just he he cares like my MLK. He cared about the people, but Malcolm X, you know, he cares. You know he cares when he doesn't want to see his people get beat. Yes. You get me? Yes. 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 Um, like imagine if that was your grandma or that was your mom, and you seen a white person throw coffee on them neck and potentially burn them. I mean, I I know I can't really I don't like to speak. Um, when I wasn't there, I wasn't during that era. Mm-hmm. But um, me being me who I am today is no way that. I would just be on standby and say, oh, just walk it off, mom. You right. know, it, I just want to punch off on you. Like, mm-hmm. regardless if I get hurt, regardless if I die because I'm fighting back for my rights, right. um, I'd rather die fighting than die not fighting. I'm just being honest. Exactly. Exactly. You got to go out with a bang, like a man. You know what I mean? Go out with a bang. Okay. Cause I'm definitely gonna draw blood. You feel me? Oh yeah. Like you know, especially seeing somebody you care about get hurt just for mm-hmm. being something they couldn't even prevent from being. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. But I I completely agree, buddy. I think that Malcolm X had more realistic views. I think that man was for black power. I think that man was for um civil. He was more so civil disobedience, but. It made it made them want to respect us more by knowing that we're not just going to let you do what you want, you know. Exactly, which moved the Black Panther Party to do yeah. what they did: stand up to the cops, then stand their ground, have, you know, the ability to know that, you know, that they are human and that they have their rights. And if you yeah. fuck with them rights, they have the Second Amendment in place. You feel me? And then, yes, and then um, the Black Panther movement was labeled as thugs as terrorists, terrorists or 
what have you. And I was like, so what was the KKKs? And then every time I ask that question, the room gets silent. Right. Mm-hmm. There. <laughs> it's a double standard. It's a double standard, guys. You have to really pay attention to America. It's a lot of hypocrisy. Definitely. A lot. It's in their favor. Your mic, your mic keeps cutting out. Hello. I can hear you faintly. Okay. Hello. 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 That's a little better. Okay. So I was saying that America tends to be full of hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. If it's mm-hmm. not in their favor, if it's not in the Anglos or, or Caucasians' favor, then we're labeled as thugs, as animals, as terrorists. Mm-hmm. Um. But as soon as we do it back, um, oh, we have to kill them. Oh, they can no longer protest. Oh, mm-hmm. and that fast forward to even modern day when we were peacefully protesting for um, George Floyd, Floyd, and because we wasn't acting like they predicted us to act, they still tried to shut down the protest. Mm-hmm. And these people are marching peacefully. So it was. It was. It was definitely peaceful. Everything about it was peaceful until until they started putting bricks out. And then what they would do is um, they'll have a a Caucasian male or whomever. They'll have them with a ski mask on or whatever the case may be. And they will throw the first blow. They will pick up the rock and throw it. And then they'll go and be like, hey, yeah, the job's done. Um, Not everybody's going crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it was very peaceful, but the plants, the people that they planted are the ones that um, made it, you know, more than what it had to be. And then what they did was they publicized it and they they um, they called it looting and um, the media was going crazy. Like, yeah, George Floyd died and look how the black people are acting. Look how they're acting. Look at the nigger tree. You know what I mean? Look at the ignorant, um, the black people, the uh-huh. animals, the whatever. Which painted uh, an even bigger picture over us, like like we're fucking animals when, you know, in all reality, somebody was there and planted, like, those black people, like, hey, don't don't throw that rock to the building, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. He threw a video, or there's a video of it, he threw the rock at the, uh, at the building, and then he ran off. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> People were literally throwing things and looting, and the news will only showcase when black people were doing it. Mm-hmm. And the white people would influence the looting, but only show the black. It's the same narrative, guys. If you pay attention, the media has a huge influence in how we're viewed viewed as people. Social. Mm-hmm. Show, a lot of people don't know, but it's, it's literally... I learned in statistics in college. More white people are on welfare than black people. Right. But the way that the media portrays it... Oh, a black person. uh, Black people all on food stamps. You know, a stereotype. Black people um, living in projects. They all on food stamps. Mm -hmm. When in fact, more white people are on food stamps and on welfare. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So don't... that, That just brings me to the point. Don't believe everything you hear and see. Right. Talk about this yesterday. Hey, I think it's important for us as black people to educate ourselves first rather than take what we're given. Exactly. Right. All, all the 12 years of school that I had, 
I got it in my brain, then I just threw that shit out. Because, first of all, math, all I need to know is the basics and the geometry and, you know, things like that. I don't need to know all the calculus and things like that. But also, the history that we were taught is not the real history mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It's fabricated. A lot of it is fabricated. Hell, the, wor- the world ain't even a globe. It's not circular. Who knows? You know, I've had that same interpretation, but people think I'm crazy when I say that. Mm-mm. Every night I come outside and I look at the same... I have a little... Uh, a little star pattern there's three stars in the sky and um i named them after people close to me they're always in the same spot every day just like i I really i can go into depth about you know the fabrication of um the world but that's another video podcast yeah we're gonna get them to the podcast we're gonna break down some conspiracies here definitely world being flat and uh, what's another conspiracy that I think? It's a lot of things that I don't agree with that I was taught in high school. Um, you have, That's what I'm saying. We have to do our own research on mm-hmm. things that, that interest us because you got to think about it, guys. We're being taught by the oppressors. Mm-hmm. We're being taught the history books were written by the oppressors, the people that oppressed us for centuries, decades. So how can you trust? That's just like trusting, you know what I'm saying, someone that stabbed you in your back. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, or hung you, hung your ancestors. You trust these people? Like, mm-hmm. let's be realistic. Definitely. Um, you know, let's write a black. I want to write something called a black book, a book about black history, a book about from our perspective how we experience America, not how right. they experience. Because now they're even trying to change the history and saying slaves are paid wages and things like that, mm-hmm. like. Mm Mm-hmm. And speaking of slaves, um, so there was a a book and it was it was very popular. As soon as you know the slave trade, it was very popular. It was called "How to Make a Negro Christian," uh, because before we had Christianity, we had our own religion and um things of that nature, and um they brought that upon the slaves. And then uh, they had the slaves basically go to church to, um, you know, become Christians and whatnot. So um, if they weren't Christians, they would be forced to be Christian. And they'll like, basically, there's a story that I that I seen. Um, the slave owner, he dug a hole, he put the slaves in there. And if they didn't want to convert to Christianity, he'll leave them in the hole. No food, no water, no nothing. So um, after a couple of days passed, um, a couple of slaves will be like, yeah, hey. Let's um, you know, become Christian, whatnot. The other one's like, no, um, we're good, we're good on it, we're good. Moral of the story, um, a lot of them didn't convert, and a a, a whole lot of them did. So, um, they read the part where it's like, um, you shall obey your slave masters, and they took that to heart. So that's why um, a lot of slaves they um they weren't rebellious. They were very um you know, upkeeping with their, their master and um, they didn't fight back, this and the third, because that they, they believed, um, you know, to be um, honor honorful to your to your slave master and not to disobey them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, Christianity, I think a lot of people, a lot of things are put on, put on us as black people. Religion is being one of the biggest ones. A lot of people are, a lot of people are born into Christianity or they're born into religion. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's right. I think that that's taking away a person's decision um, mm -hmm. later on. Of course, a person can change later on, mm -hmm. but I don't even think they should be born into something. Right. How do you know what this, what they want to do? Mm-hmm. It's like just because you believe in it, you're gonna uh, push it upon someone else. Oppose that onto your child. Mm -hmm. you know, um, even as far as um sex, sex or like um sexuality is opposed on to you know that, but that has something to do with religion. Of course, if you're Christian, then you know a man should be with a woman. But that's to me, that's opposing even sexuality into some onto someone. Um. Um, gender genderism as far as like when a boy is born he's given a blue sh a blue towel when a girl is born she's given a pink towel I think subconsciously that's giving a child a gender that's mm -hmm. gen that's you know what I'm saying how do you know that person want to identify as that so it's a lot of things I I want to touch on later on other podcasts mm -hmm. but that's just that's just one of the things like you know religion um, sexuality. These a lot of things are just forced on us, and I think, like you said, it goes back to slavery because we were forced not to read, we were forced, um, not to disobey a, a slave master. Mm -hmm. Um, fear was one of them. Um, of course, whooping the slaves, you know, put fear in them. Mm -hmm. it, it took away our voice, definitely, definitely did. And even today, a lot of people, a lot of black people are voiceless. They don't have, they're scared to, to face, um, be vulnerable. They're scared to, to say their experiences, their traumatic experiences. And I just don't think it's, it's, it's right. It's, 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 quite frankly, it's sad, you know? Definitely. Very sad. Very, very sad, but... Wow, this podcast is very, very, very uplifting. I, I liked it. I, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I think we're a great duo for a podcast. I mean, oh, definitely. Guys, guys like, did y'all hear this? <laughs> it was straight magic. Like, dude. Mm -hmm. um, definitely. You got to have me back. I got to have him back. Right, guys, and the last question I want to leave on this podcast, Um, it's kind of a, a big one. When you wake up in the morning, are you are you proud to be a black man? Are you proud to face the world knowing the challenges that you have on a daily? Does it affect your mental health? And if it does, how do you overcome it? How do you push through today? Okay. Um. So at one point in my life, um, you know, dealing with the shit I was dealing with, um, I was the darkest in the household, and my stepdad, he was he was a light skin. And um, I felt like he didn't like me because of that. So I would wake up in the morning and I'd be like, "Damn, like I'm really black. Like, like I'm I'm dark as fuck. I'm the darkest in the house. I get called dark, darky, you name it." Hey. Over time, I realized, you know, like I, know. I like your skin, buddy. I think it's you good chocolates, like chocolate. We love chocolate. The darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. Okay. That's what they say. But oh. um, yeah, like. Over time, I was like, no, like, I'm comfortable in the skin that I'm in. Not only that, the we have melanin in our skin. 
and the melanin is good for so many reasons. Um, Caucasian people, they want to buy melanin for, uh, I think it was like, what, 10K a gram of melanin? We have a lot of melanin in our skin. We can go outside. We can experience the sun. Caucasian people, they go into the sun. They had, they 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 risk skin cancer. Yes. So with us, we can go out in the sun. We can do this, that, and the third. Like our melanin protects us. It is. It's strong. It's our strength. It's and our we, natural barrier. Exactly, we have that. And um, the first people they were, you know, in Africa, and they were black. Black people basically expanded, took over the world. Then, um, from what I read, they took over the world. You know, there were blacks everywhere, everywhere. And then um, there was a a black guy who was getting bullied because his hair was too big. He was a scientist. His hair was too big. Um, he was, you know, darker than the others. So he was like, hey, you know what? I got somebody that'll... I'm, I'm working on a, a creation that's going to enslave you guys. And um, you guys are going to regret, you know, putting me through X, Y, Z. So what he did was he, he created the Caucasian male. And... Um, the Caucasian male and Caucasian female. And then um, he saw, you know, like the Caucasian male, like they were inferior and, you know, the blacks had them as slaves, whatever the case may be. And then um, they started doing crazy stuff like trying to kill the black people. So he locked the, the Caucasian people away in the Caucasus Mountains and kept trapped them in a cave. Well, over time, they escaped the cave and they started, you know, expanding out towards europe and et cetera et cetera and you know that that's how it all started but Ooh. i'm i'm really comfortable in the skin that i'm in because you know our roots go all the way back we're one of the first we are the first people on the planet granted yeah. uh, exactly granted we're oppressed right now we were here first and that's just how it's going to be Okay, so why would I be a, uh, ashamed of being first, being beautiful? I think black people are so beautiful. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not even about outside beauty; it's more so inside. You yep. know, think about it. Our in our ancestors like fought for it for five hundred years, and I wouldn't rather be any other color, any other race, any other nothing. We're innovators. We we create music, culture. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. You know, we can't be duplicated, even though we're labeled. But a label is simply a label. A label is something that's opposed on someone. It doesn't make it true. Right. That's all it is. Right. So, y'all, I want my black people to know that we are kings. We are queens. We are beautiful. We are strong. Mm-hmm. And we're more than what they say we are. Exactly. You know? Embrace. Embrace the skin tone. Embrace the sun. The sun is our source. Embrace it all, Ooh. honestly. Especially your hair. Be natural. You know what I mean. It's okay to wear your little your wigs and whatnot, but at the end of the day, beginning of the day, be natural. Exactly. Yeah, on your head is basically like antennas, receptacles, and when the sun hits your 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 skin and your your hair, you absorb all the energy from the sun, and that's your energy source, honestly. Your hair is your strength, guys. Hair is strength. Hair is strength. The sun is the... Yep. That's why you see a lot of our people, we have dreads. We have very long, luxurious, beautiful hair. 
because it's 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 our strength. For example, um, in the Bible, the um, what was his name, Samson? You know yes. what I'm talking about? Yes. And when he cut his hair, he had no strength. Yes. I feel like the Bible is uh, metaphorical rather than literal. Literal, but yes. um, for the most part, uh, that part is true. You cut your hair, you lose some of the strengths. It may not be physical. It may be internal strength. It may be, you know, things of that nature. But, right, for the most part, that's why I'm growing my hair out because... I know that it's a, a bigger picture to it. Mm-mm-mm. I can't wait, guys. Is he going to get these little dreads? I'm like, okay, go, friend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can't wait till they're long, bro. I know. But... Bro, can I touch your hair, bro? Yeah, bro, like, guys, he's so nice. He'd probably be like, bro, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, he really, right. like, guys, he really a nice, he really probably the nicest person i've come across like ever he's really just a, a gentle spirit i think he's a um an empath because he really be feeling we really be on the same vibration i don't know if you noticed but like we say a lot of the same things at the same time oh yeah definitely and i think it's dope as hell because i'm like bro i ain't never related to someone like this and especially now i know we on the same intellect i think it's even more dope exactly you know, you know, we on to something, guys. We're on to something. But yes, um, in closing, guys, we, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I'm definitely going to have him on for part two, part three, part four because, I mean, I feel so relaxed. I don't know about you. This was so oh, yeah. like so zenful. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, I enjoyed it. Can't wait for the next right. one. Right, I'm like, friend, when you available, friend, clear your schedule. That's it. Um, we got <laughs> now. Before we leave, friend, I, I really want to tell you, like, you thanks for joining this podcast, thanks for being an amazing friend, homie, mentor, inspiree. You know, he definitely keeps me grounded. So just thanks for being you dude like you're so cool bro like I wouldn't have any other best friend I appreciate uh, that yeah, this, 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 guys. But thank you for having me <laughs> of course I wouldn't want to have anyone else bro you like top tier dude yes no anything you want to say in closing you want to give him a last um, you know last moment if you will or okay okay yeah I got you Um, so if you're tuned in, like I said at the beginning, my name is Key. You can follow me on Instagram. They love Key, T-H-E-Y-Y, love, L-U-V-K-E-Y. That's my Instagram. Um, I'm going to be on a lot of his podcasts. I'm going to be doing my own. Um, yeah, this year is about blowing up and, you know, taking it a step further than I did last year. It's stepping blocks to the big goal in the end. So um, please enjoy the journey. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being a friend. You know what I'm saying? You know. Good vibes, bro. Good vibes. We always like we always bring the good vibes to high five. And I think the dopest part is like the fact that we've been friends for like what almost a year now. Right. And we don't we not even physically close, but we we're spiritually close, mentally close because I don't know, we just communicate on a spiritual level. So 
um this is this is cool and like you said um follow him on his um social platforms he said he's gonna do his own podcast hopefully i'll be a guest on his of course and you know we're gonna, we gonna definitely get y'all right because hey you heard this podcast so you know there's more to come but once again thank you for joining this podcast man yes sir and i'm definitely going to post it hopefully i'll reshare it on your um on your ig as well oh definitely and um, as soon as it post, I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna send you the link, and you just tap that link and share it. And hey, yes, sir. I appreciate that. No problem, no problem. All right, thank you, you guys. Tuning in to Black Kid Thoughts, the only podcast designed with you in mind, and we out. <laughs>